This episode of YXE Underground is supported by Ivy Yoga House in Saskatoon. If you are looking to practice yoga in a welcoming space, you should really check out Ivy Yoga House. I became a teacher because I love kids. You know, I love the job. I love watching these little light bulb moments. I love watching the growth from September to now. So I don't, it, like to me, it's not hard. People are like, oh my gosh, how do you do kinder? I love it. You know, it's not for everybody, but I love it. And so for me, I feel like it's easy. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Saskatoon teacher Mindy McDonald. Mindy is the featured guest in Season 3, Episode 10 of YXE Underground. Teaching 27 kindergarten students in the best of times is a lot of work. How do you do it when your entire school year is dominated by COVID-19? Mindy McDonald found a way thanks to a lot of passion, creativity, and plenty of hand sanitizer. We visit Mrs. McDonald's classroom in this episode of YXE Underground. When I was 24, I started a very brief teaching career in the southwest Saskatchewan town of Frontier. I taught mostly high school English and history in the K-12 school, but occasionally I would teach kindergarten. And let me tell you, it takes a very special person to teach kindergarten. Not only are you responsible for a child's educational foundation, but you have to help them button up their jackets and tie all their skates at the rink. A fact I learned the hard way. At Saskatoon's Prince Philip School, Mindy McDonald has had to change the way she does, well, pretty much everything in her kindergarten class due to the pandemic. And yet, she's created this wonderful little community of 27 students in her classroom and learned plenty about herself during this school year. I first heard about how great Mrs. McDonald is from a very reliable source. That would be my six-year-old nephew, Everett. Everett. This was not only Everett's first year of elementary school, but his first living in Saskatoon. So the first few days, he had some butterflies in his stomach, but he quickly took a shining to Mrs. McDonald. Everett, tell me about Mrs. McDonald. What is she like? She likes gardening, or just like likes us, likes doing everything with us. What makes her a good teacher? That she lets us have, like, chicks... <laughs> Butterflies, tadpoles, that we get to have recess, not just to stay inside. If Mrs. McDonald's classroom sounds busy, it's because it is. The first thing I noticed in her classroom is how much black tape is on the floor. That's because the classroom has been divided into sections that allow for social distancing to take place. I also saw plants, lots of art on the walls, and plenty of hand sanitizer dispersed throughout the room. The amount of planning and organization it takes to construct a classroom like this, it just blows my mind. And Mindy is about to explain why she designed the room the way she did. We also look at how she has been able to create a sense of community with her students and their parents. I started our conversation by asking Mindy how she went about organizing her classroom. 
I actually have the classroom taped off into different sections for the kids so that they can see where they um, can stay inside. And then they stay inside these areas as teams, we call them, um, where they can work together for a certain amount of time. And then they can switch into another discovery area, we call them, um, so that that gives me an opportunity to sanitize everything that's in each section uh, after they move on to keep um, you know, a kindergarten classroom running with this many manipulatives and things for them to be able to play with. I, I have so many questions about how you, um, how you go about teaching a kindergarten class in the midst of a pandemic, but um, can you explain what, what the different sections are then that, that we're looking at? Okay, so I've got a little bit of an art area where they have an opportunity to play with Play-Doh. So in a normal year, I would have a big chunk of Play-Doh where they could share, you know, all of the toys, all the manipulatives. This year, they've each got their own bag of Play-Doh. Um, they have opportunities over there to play in sand. Same thing, they each have to have their own bag of sand um, to play with. They've got their own supply bags with their own markers, um, labeled crayons, everything. Normally in a kindergarten classroom that I run, everything is communal. We share everything. So it's been hard this year because because um, obviously some kiddos are able to care for the things better than others. And, you know, when it comes Valentine's and your red's gone or you haven't got a red, you know, that's hard for them. But we, we ad-lib, we fake, you know, we change to pink or we, um, we do the best that we can. And, you know, I promise the parents that, you know, they're five and six years old. We, we do the best that we can. We've had to ask for extra supplies, yes. Um, but we make art station work. We've also got a beautiful garden area. Same thing, you know, switching for uh, to coronavirus. Every single child has to have their own now glass jar full of their own plants that they can take home. They've had their own containers of vermicomposting worms that they can take. Um, so coronavirus says we can't do this stuff. Yes, we can. They just, everyone has to have their own little bit more work, but they still get the experiences and they still love it. At Kitchen Station, they have a ton of things to still play with. Of course, we can't have those soft um, kind of felt type foods, but everything's hard and easy to sanitize. We can't have those soft, squishy babies with the hair because we can't sanitize those. So in lieu of those, we've got these huge cylinders and it was hard for me to get the kids to buy in at first to hold this cylinder as a baby and say, oh, you know, this is my baby. And, uh, but now they just buy in, you know, little um, pieces of wood. You know, this can be uh, lemon or this can be a sandwich instead of actually having the felt pieces. And so using their imagination a little bit more this year in Kitchen Station um, has been necessary, but we've made it work, right? And through the switching of stations, I can sanitize everything. And yes, we can still play with everything. Wow, like, so when... <laughs> I, I, you're so right in terms of it's it's extra work and and I'm just I'm just curious Mindy like when you when you were coming into this year um, did you did you have any idea how much work it was it was going to going to be ah that's a tough question yes and no because in September I didn't exactly know what I was going to do until I got a buddy actually the grade one teacher and I partnered together and. We walked through the classroom through the lens of the teacher, and then we walked through the classroom through the lens of a child and thought, you know, how are they gonna see this? How are they gonna handle these uh, manipulatives or the supply bag? Where are they gonna be able to keep it? Are they gonna be able to keep it organized? And so um, until we role played and actually did that, I, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't. And the more days that passed, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this is normal. 
you know, we've done it in other regards, you know, in sports and, you know, other things. And so, um, you know, coronavirus tells us no. We say, yeah, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to find a way. We're going to just figure it out. And we just figure it out. Wow. Yeah. What, what were those first few days like? Uh, lots of... Uh, apprehension lots of uh, um thinking like oh my god i'm gonna have so many stress days like this is just through the roof but once the first i'd say six weeks passed like the first six weeks of kindergarten is stressful no matter what <laughs> so uh, to add on a, a pandemic as well um yeah i thought i was gonna have a lot more stress days and i'm i couldn't have handpicked a better class and better families that are so supportive and just so flexible and understanding um and they realize Yes, they're kids. They're not going to get this until day 99. They're never going to be experts at this. So I promise them we're going to do the best that we can. I, I do want to get to the parents in, in a bit, but um, I'm wondering for, for people that that maybe don't, maybe it's been a long time since they were they were in kindergarten or, or maybe they're not too familiar. Like what, when you are a kindergarten teacher, what, what are some of the, the main goals or objectives or, or things that you that you want to accomplish with the students in a normal year? And then, like, how, how challenging has it been now that COVID is in the way? Well, a few things that have been really challenging for me um, are that wearing a mask, to be honest with you. As a kindergarten teacher, this is the first year that they're getting all of these um, letters and sounds. So, of course, it's my obligation to teach these children the difference between an F sound, like Friday, and a TH sound, like Thursday. Because Thursday sounds very similar to Thursday, with an F at the beginning. And so, in a normal year, I can see their mouth, and I can see they're making the F sound. And now I can sometimes hear them, sometimes not hear them, but I can't see what their lips actually look like to make those correct sounds. So that for me has been very difficult. Um, and I don't want to say this might be the year of the speech kids, if you will, you know, missing a few of these speech sounds just because I can't see them, they can't see me, we can't always hear each other. Um, so that's for sure uh, uh, been a huge hiccup for me. Another hiccup has been, um, the social interaction. I feel like having these teams, you know, these kids are, I don't want to say stuck together in the same team all week because of tracing. So they have to stay together in these teams. Um, they're not getting opportunities to mingle with every single child every day. For example, take toys from kitchen station all the way over to block area and make their picnic over at the block area with a little block house. And so not being able to have those social interactions freely as uh, a typical year you'd be able to play what you want to play, not play at vet office because teacher said you must stay inside these tape lines. So those um, social situations, I would say, have been difficult on the kids. Yeah. They really have. And another little hiccup that I've had this year is um, in kindergarten and the early years in particular, family engagement is huge. And so the parents are not able to be in the classroom to see some of the things that we're doing. They're not able to come on the many field trips that I do um, in a year. They're not able to, um, you know, get to know who their friends are. So it's been hard for us, but I've got a great platform which I can communicate with parents on, um, Seesaw, which has been really helpful. And we made a little class phone book this year. The children all exchanged their phone numbers. So hopefully the parents will be able to get connected and, and get these kids connected at some point when things loosen up a bit. Um, that, that was a very thoughtful answer. Um, I, I, I want to get back to the speech 
a, a little bit because I, I'm I'm looking at your whiteboard right now and I see I see the alphabet there, um, and as someone who was in speech therapy for three years, I I can understand like the the importance of that. So I, I'm just curious, like how how have you when you know between a, a Thursday and a Friday, um, how how do you do that? Mrs. McDonald. <laughs> I've got actually a wonderful uh, language program, speech and language program that I'm using. Um, it's a Hegarty resource, which goes through a lot of phonemic and uh, phonological awareness every single day. These kids are, you know, clapping out different syllables and working on different onsets and rhymes. And this is all through just um, listening and saying. And then another program I use is Jolly Phonics. Um, which is a song and an action for every single letter. So for example, when I'm teaching letter F, we'll do the song for it and then I'll show them. It's actually um, kind of a squeezing down with your hands motion. So they know that I'm making the sound for F when we're working on F. So if, for example, a child says first day, I'll give them the action for the TH blend and show them that it's not the squishing down F sound, but instead it's the TH blend. And so just using those hand signals to um, show what the sound looks like, I guess, uh, has really helped. Wow. You don't by chance remember the song off of heart, do you? Uh, yeah, I, the letter F one, let me think. Here, let me play it for you. Oh, okay. You want to hear it? Yeah. And then I went to the beach with my floating fish. It got a hole, the air came out. <laughs> a little ridiculous, but the kids remember these silly songs and they remember the silly actions. And I can just show them the action without saying anything. And they know that's the sound as the air comes out. So, How, like, how, how did you know to... Do like have you have you used this in the past or is this all like new this year? This is not new. In fact, Saskatoon Public Schools offers a, a training program for all uh, early years teachers to use this program and a uh, million dollar program. Like uh, without a doubt, uh, I would not only use it this year; I'd use it forever. Wow. Yeah, there's an app that goes with it, and for children that are um, new to English, I've shared it actually with their parents, and they're practicing at home. Not only is it helping kids, but it's helping parents too. So it's something that you know you can use in many regards. Yeah. Thank you so much for for explaining that to me. Um, the second part, when you mentioned challenges, was um, like you said, the the students being in in their teams and then having different sections in the classroom. Um, what was that? Was that hard to? convey to students off the, off the top and 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 how did you how did you go about sort of reinforcing that well i've got this lovely chart i know you can't see it but i've got a lovely chart with all of the children's photographs on it and i've got tiny photographs of every single station. So you just follow the chart along and see which discovery station you're going to play at. And then uh, notice the tape lines. And of course, yes, in the beginning, they want to cross their lines and try something a little more desirable. But as the weeks pass, I, sh I share with them that Every week you will have a chance to play at every single station. So don't worry, it might not be today, but I promise you, you will get to play there this week. Um, so the chart has been uh, a saving grace for me because I cannot keep track of every single kid all the time. So they are managing themselves, if you will, by checking the chart and, and looking where to go. Same thing as our table jobs. I have some table dots on the chart. And so sometimes we do work right at the table. So I'll just say, which table dot are you at? And they look for the color and they join there. And then I just shift the chart um, by pulling the string and it moves every single station by two. And then uh, the kids just move along with the chart. Is it... it, it 
like you're so or, you're so organized. I, I'm just I I was just gonna say like I'm I I reflect back on my teaching days and obviously I I was teaching high school but there was there was no way that I was any type of organized the, the way that you are but it's necessary hey absolutely necessary um, people often ask me like oh my gosh Mind how do you do it you know when I come to work I, I come and I have to come full-on even if I'm grumpy or sad or it's you know a different time for me I have to come full-on I cannot turn my back for a second uh, I go home for lunch I have a nice quiet lunch I come back I'm full-on and when I leave at the end of the day I can leave work here unlike yourself maybe a high school teacher you're you're going home and grading and marking uh, but you can maybe put your feet up during silent reading time so di different uh, you know different roles but same job you're doing yours at night I cannot turn my back for a second while I'm here and so um, you also mentioned how supportive the the parents have been um, what why why has that been so important especially this year mindy uh because i, I normally have an incredibly rich a family engagement program we go skating, we walk down to the rink. I need a ton of parents to help me skate with kids, tie skates, walk there, walk back. We take a city bus usually to the farmer's market downtown. I need parents to help me um, with kids on the bus. But this year, it you know, it's hard and it's sad to tell them that, you know, we can't do these things. Um, but in lieu then, they're supportive by standing outside the door uh, to welcome their kid as I release them instead of waiting in the car. You know, like having that time to talk with them before um, they get dropped off at school or at the end of the day. A and then on the seesaw, also if I ask them, please can you send a pop bottle, like for example today, to do these great experiments, boom, I got, you know, 27 pop bottles the next day. They're really, um, they know how hard it is for us and they really want to um, do what they can to support. You know, I had a parent bring a whole bag of pop bottles, like no kiddo left behind. And so, um, yeah, just they're so responsive. And the, the, the thank you cards that I got at Christmas, like, oh, my gosh, man, we're over the moon happy that you. What you did what did they say? Uh, a couple of them were so grateful, like we're, we're grateful that you can be brave enough to step foot in the classroom to teach these kids during coronavirus, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen in the next few weeks and that you're able to take care of my babe while I can't, you know, in this difficult time. And, and for me, I, I remember I cried when I dropped my, both my kiddos off on their first day of kindergarten. Thinking, oh, I hope she takes good care of them. And after reflect and think, these parents are really entrusting me, not only the first day, every day, because they can't be here spying in the window or peeking in the door knowing that babe is okay. So when, you know, these little kiddos go home and say, oh, you know, we had so much fun, or yes, I saw Mrs. McDonald sanitizing everything. Yes, we sanitize our hands 30 times a day. You know, probably brings parents relief that, oh, thank you. She, you know, they're doing a really good job. And so they were very grateful. How, how do you deal with that responsibility? Because like you, um, like you just said, it's, you know, and, and you experienced it yourself. It's like first day of school and, you, and you're you're dropping them off and then off they go like and they're they're at and and they're doing it when we're in the midst of a pandemic like how do you deal with that responsibility um i don't know <laughs> that's a tough one i guess like i became a teacher because i love kids you know i love the job i love watching these little light bulb moments i love watching the growth from september to now so 
I don't, it, like to me, it's not hard. People are like, oh my gosh, how do you do kinder? I love it. You know, it's not for everybody, but I love it. And so for me, I feel like it's easy. Um, yes, there's a lot more micromanaging this year, um, but it's a lot of micromanaging that I can train the kids to do, right? Like, yes, the first six weeks, I'm standing there with a bottle of sanitizer and pumping every single kid. Now I can work on their... Um, mailbags while I have somebody else standing there pumping all of the kids or if I don't pump the kids they'll know just to do it on their own and so you know their independence has really shot through the roof because we've had to right wow. yeah do you think that that independence would have happened in a in a quote-unquote normal normal year yeah absolutely I think some independence would happen and and my expectations I believe for kindergarten are very high I know that children are very capable and very confident and I've seen the growth year after year after year and I think you know um, just because it's a pandemic yes there's definitely growth is there more yes have we got those moms kind of hand, uh, uh, at the door honey don't forget to drink lots of water you know um, they they'll drink lots of water right if they're thirsty they're gonna drink or you know they're gonna remember their book better because I'll help them clean out the lockers. They'll remind each other. You know, we've really um, talked a lot about being a school family. And now that we're kind of in this room alone, you know, uh, we need to help each other all the time. So we have some kiddos, uh, you know, that might say, oh, Bernie, you forgot your um, water bottle in your locker. Oh, you forgot your school shoes. And so they're really helping each other a lot more. And yes, they, they've had to really grow their uh, independent skills. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 10 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson, and today's guest is kindergarten teacher Mindy McDonald. Listen and subscribe to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And you can also stream every single episode at yxeunderground.com. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's where you'll see some wonderful photos of Mindy and her classroom, taken by Saskatoon photographer, Rana Andres. Rana and I first walked into Prince Philip School, we both said how it had a small town feel to it. And I think that sense of community has given its teachers, like Mindy McDonald, the confidence to succeed in their classroom during this challenging year. This school also holds a special place in Mindy's heart. She actually attended the school as a kid, so being able to impact the lives of her students at Prince Philip School means a great deal to her. In the final part of our conversation, Mindy opens up about this connection with her school, as well as shares the story of a very meaningful Mother's Day event with her students and their parents. I started by asking Mindy what she has learned about herself during this school year. Um, I've learned how resilient I am. <laughs> you know, like I said at the beginning, I was very uh, apprehensive. Nobody really knew what was happening. Um, so. You know, I didn't really think that I was this resilient to, to change and to, uh, um, 
having to tell parents I got this at the beginning of the year when I didn't really have this, but putting on that face that we got this and we're gonna make it work and we're gonna figure it out and I promise you I'll take good care of them. So that resiliency, I didn't think that I was that resilient. Another thing I've learned about myself is that uh, I need to listen to myself. I actually started lifting weights um, this year just to get a break, I guess, from reality at this time because uh you know with kids sports shut down my sport shut down you know school with such tight um you know expectations and protocols i'm like i need some not catharsis but you know what i mean you just need to blow off some of that um negative feelings right and just fill up the endorphins and and uh i call it filling up my happy bank my husband thinks i'm crazy but um, i i go lift weights to fill up my happy bank what, what sports would you normally play? I'd be playing ringette. Okay. Yeah. But they shut down all of the um, adult leagues to keep the kiddo leagues running at, you know, eight kids uh, on, on a rink, right? So they now need double the ice space. And so obviously the adults are going to sacrifice their time for those kiddos. And so um, they were able to run. But You, you mentioned the word resilient, and I, and I, I really like that word because I think it, it fits in a lot of places throughout this past year and a bit. Um, I, I'm wondering if there's a moment, um, Mindy, where you can you can think where maybe it was in that first six weeks where um, it's like, okay, this happened. Oh, this was like this was a big thing, but you know what? I got this. Uh, I think that's been this whole year, honey. This whole year, you know, I, I would I would mark this whole year as uh, like driving a car. Sometimes you're going fast, sometimes you're going slow, sometimes you slam on the brakes, sometimes you have a little pothole, sometimes you've got craters that you've got to navigate, sometimes giant mountains that you didn't think your car could make it. Um, all year long, all year long, like driving a car. When, when, the, when the car needs a break, besides <laughs> lifting weights, like, can, you, can you find that respite at, at home and, and sort of tune out a bit and oh, recharge? Absolutely, I can. I, I've got a million-dollar family. You just need the million bucks, but <laughs> um, definitely, my family. Uh, we do lots of bike rides. We do lots of um, lake time. Um, you know, I'll kick my feet up and and uh, watch a show with the kids and stuff. So, absolutely, I can. But you know. Um, Sometimes my, my husband thinks going home is a bit of a rest, but then when you go home to parent kids and cook and clean and laundry, is it respite from school? Yes. Is it really a break from, you know, momming? No. So, yes, going to the lake, just my husband and I, that's a true break. Oh. <laughs> or going to the gym, you know, with my workout mates, for me, that's a true break. But sleeping, that's a true break. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking, you must be looking forward to summer. I really am. Yeah. You know, we're building a cabin and I'm going to be there for eight weeks with the kids. And I'm really looking forward to no masks. Like last summer, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, all the city kids masks on all the time. We didn't wear a mask one time. Came back for my first day of school, put a mask on. I was like, ah! so I'm really looking forward to taking the mask off for two yeah. months and yeah. just, yeah, laying on the beach, you know, ripping around on the sea doo and yeah. yeah. Um, the, when I, when I, when I was thinking about what I want to ask you with this year's experience for you, um, I, I, I remembered my two kindergarten teachers. Uh, it was Mrs. Buseman, and she was a teacher in the morning, and then Mrs. Burgoyne in the afternoon, where I grew up in Swift Current, and they were amazing teachers. And what I, what I remember was, like, you know, a lot of us kids, we would, we would give them hugs, like, around their, their legs at the end of the day or whatever, and there was – it was – like I, I remember that sort of like that fit, almost like that physical connection, and they were, you know, 
I always knew Mrs. Buseman and Mrs. Burgoyne were there to take care of us. Yes. Um, and then I also remember, remember too, when I would have to substitute teach as a kindergarten teacher and, you know, I, I would be helping the kids put on jackets and when like there was, there was lots of hands-on yes. stuff. What has that been like this year? Oh, it's been hard. You know, um, I already teach all of my children how to do their own zippers. So it, yes, it's a little hands-on, but mostly hands-off. But the whole, like, giving the hug, sometimes, you know, that's the only hug kids will get in a day. So we do lots of air hugs. We do lots of foot taps or we do lots of elbow bumps. Coronavirus says no. We say, oh, a little bit then. So we've had to do that. But when it comes down to, like, someone's blown out both their knees and elbows and their chin is bleeding... I'm going to pick a kid up. I'm going to, uh, you know, give them that squeeze. I'm going to help them put the Band-Aids on and, and wipe off the uh, wipe off the blood. I, I'm human, right? They're human. Yes, we're going to sanitize after. Yes, we're going to sanitize before and do our best. I, I can't. My heart could never let a kid just, um, if, if it means a conversation with mom that, you know, please forgive me, I've overstepped the boundary, then I'm willing to do that conversation. Um, but yes, I've absolutely missed that. Not only have I missed that touch, I've missed those little joyful smiles. You can only see these babes smile so hard through their eyes, uh, but I miss their smiles, right? Like, I'm like, how do those little falling out teeth actually look this year? I, I didn't realize how much I would just miss those joyous smiles too. I I'm just thinking of, of Everett, my nephew, who's in your class. Um, yeah, because his two front teeth are gone. Like yeah. they're they're so they're yeah. so gone. Yeah, and I can just yeah picture them through there. Or you know, every now and again, a kid will pull down and ah, show me uh, their teeth. They're kids, right? Of course, they're going to. But uh, yeah, I really do uh, miss that touch. I miss the connection. I miss the connection with families, right? You know, the standing beside, sharing. You know, the the type of coffee that they like to drink, right? I'm missing all of those connections. That that whole piece gone. Um, when when you welcomed Rana and I into the, into the school, and I'm just thinking about the word connection, um, there is, there's a certain feel that, that you described this school. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about this school and maybe your, your unique connection to it. Um, well, I definitely feel like our classroom has built this sense of family and connectedness, but the entire school, coronavirus tells us we can't, we, we're still going to do it anyway. No assemblies, we're going to do an assembly anyway. Every classroom in their classroom, so we do it via Zoom, so we can still have those rich connections. You know, we can't have care partners, but they can still give us a Zoom story reading as a care partner instead. So just still building those relationships within house um, is important. Um, and as a staff, we've really had to be tight. Like I said, my uh, colleague and I, we've had to look through the lens of each other and just build those uh, rich connections um, within house. And the personal connection that I have, actually, I went to Prince Philip School when I was a kiddo, and so walking the hallways, you know, on the other side of the desk is a little bit different. You know, I, I look at the flooring and I'm like, hey, you know, that's the same floor that was here when I was a kiddo, or oh, these toilet seats are the same toilet seats that, that were here when I was a kiddo. So it really does bring a sense of warmth to me as well when I'm here and uh, living in this community as well. I, you know, I ride bikes with my family through the park. We come and play Foursquare with the kids that are here at night and so um it really does feel like a, a small town school and gives you that really uh great feeling what why like it, it's obvious that that 
the sense of community is is important to you. Has it always been important to you? Definitely. Yeah. And it may have uh, started out, I've always been in community school, schools. Um, this is actually my first non-community school. And so having that rich family engagement and sense of connection has been really important um, right from my first year of teaching, you know, especially in the early years, building those connections from home to school and making those kids feel comfortable to want to come every day and feel joyful while they're here. This is just wonderful. It's wonderful speaking with you. I, I, I know you're busy, so I just have a couple more questions left. There is one thing I have to ask specifically about because Everett and Everett's mom were quite excited to tell me about it. Um, can you explain the Mother's Day spa that happened? Oh, most certainly. Every year I host at... A typical Mother's Day spa right in the classroom and so um, every mom would you know sit at one of the tables with her kiddos and they would get a little um, hand bath and foot bath and I'm like how can we do that during coronavirus so I talked it over with my principal and she talked it over with downtown and we hatched a plan that we're still gonna throw a Mother's Day spa we're just gonna do it outside six feet apart we're gonna give their moms their chairs to sit on so they can't go anywhere we uh, sectioned off some space with some yoga mats for the kids so that they're not you know going and mingling too far so the mamas, they got their uh, soaker bath for their hands and the kiddos massaged their backs and just made them feel like queens. They made them some uh, beautiful gem crowns. They painted their fingernails. Then they soaked their feet. They put some lotion on and gave them a foot rub. They painted their toenails. We made them some gorgeous gifts. They actually made some uh, beautiful First Nations um, beading pieces and some uh, 3D Mother's Day cards and some Epsom salts um, bath bombs so mom could have one more joyous experience. And then the kiddos joined all on the sidewalk, of course, with their superhero wings socially distanced apart um, and sang some really cute Mother's Day songs for the moms. And then we sent them off back to work and uh, just they had a really joyful experience. So... Like, I think you would be excused for not doing that this year because, like you said, like, so much planning and you've got to consult with your principal and you have to consult with people downtown to make sure this happens. Why? And yet it, it, it was obviously an amazing event. Why, why was that important for you? Um, I think it's nice to um, show gratitude to these moms. Um, they give these children... Uh, so much before they come to me. Before I had children, I thought, oh, kids just show up at school. Now that I'm a mom, I darn well know kids don't just show up at school, right? You got to roll them out of bed. You have to, you know, feed them. You have to make sure that they've got a, a good outfit on. And if they don't, you, you know, you you'll let them go with what they've got. But it, it's not just kids show up at school. You know, maybe they were up in the night. Maybe, you know, you couldn't get them to bed the night before. Moms do a huge job for kiddos, especially at this age. And so being a mom myself, um, I, I did want to show them some gratitude you know and not only from me but from their kiddos I think it was really good for the kiddos to to um, acknowledge that you know moms do a million and one jobs for you they get one day and we talked about that every other's day is kids day mom gets one day and so we really wanted to celebrate them and acknowledge you know really all of the great work that starts at home you know from zero till five they've done so much work before they come to me so a big thank you to them I love it um do you do you know what next year is going to look like? Oh, okay, yes, this is what it's gonna look like. It's gonna look back to normal. There'll be no kids with masks. Um, I'll be able to have all of my discovery stations wide open. Um, I'll be able to have a full load of kids. I'll be able to have all of the parents in for all of my field trips and extras. That's what it's gonna look like. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed, yeah. honey. Oh, I do. 
Yeah. I'm very hopeful. Yeah. I, I'm bracing for the worst, but I'm I'm really hopeful. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I I can't thank you enough for for welcoming Ron and I into your classroom. Um, it, it's 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 a wonderful classroom, and 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 hopefully people will see the pictures too as well. Um, you're obviously an, a, an incredible teacher because my nephew just adores you um, and spending an hour with you I can see why so um, Mindy thank you so much thank you for having me I appreciate it This has been episode 10, season three of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. Listen and subscribe to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find every single episode of YXE Underground on the website, yxeunderground.com. And if you like what you hear, please feel free to leave a review. Follow YXE Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's where you can see some lovely photos of Mindy in her amazing classroom taken by Saskatoon photographer Rana Andres. A big thank you to Rana for taking such great photos. I also want to thank my cousin Andrew Dixon for creating the theme music for the podcast and to Danger Dynamite for maintaining the website. A big thank you to Jen Rondeau and the team at Ivy Yoga House for supporting this episode. Jen has created a really wonderful space for people to not only practice yoga, but to feel part of a welcoming community. I've been practicing at Ivy Yoga House for almost a year now, and I am so thankful for the space Jen has made. So if you're looking for a yoga studio in Saskatoon, please go and check out Ivy Yoga House. I quickly want to mention, too, that I have some new YXE Underground Podcast t-shirts for sale. Uh, they're three-quarter length sleeve shirts. They're super soft cotton. They're really cool. They cost $25, and all of the money goes to Prairie Harm Reduction. So if you would like a t-shirt, feel free to get in touch with me on social media. So I do have to say that this is the final episode of Season 3 of YXE Underground, and I want to thank all of you listeners for supporting the podcast. I, I feel like the podcast hit a new level this year of not only listenership, but also engagement with you, the listener, and I'm very thankful for all of your support. I also want to thank all of the guests who share their stories and passions with me. It can be... It can be nerve-wracking to be interviewed, and, and I was so lucky to have so many people just say yes to being on the podcast, uh, Mindy included. So um, I, I can't thank Mindy and, and every single guest from this season enough. Thank you so much for your support. What I'm going to do for the summertime now is I'm going to spend the next few months gathering interviews for Season 4, which will launch in September. But I think I'm going to drop a few bonus episodes between now and then, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure that you don't miss an episode. Before I go, I would like to acknowledge that these interviews were gathered on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson, and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. Do you want to hear your voice on the headphones? Okay. Come here. Okay, you hold this. Okay. Put these put these on. Oh, hold on here. It's stuck on my foot. Okay. Okay. Now talk. Hi. <laughs> What's it sound like? It sounds <laughs> loud. <laughs>
It actually does. Yeah, yeah. 